1: surprisingly i believe wait for your next mistake i put in work and watch my escalate welcome started. into the punt and the pass, Red pass Red podcast Red i'm your host Red Red Red. I'm drew Man. butler joined as Do always my by my like co-host ball, aaron yon, murray aaron week nine is in the, is piss, in the books shit. there were some awesome action inside the top 25 this week and Tuesday evening, we will get the first rendition of 2018's college football playoff rankings. It's here, man. The thick and gritty of the college football season is finally here, and we can finally look forward to what exactly is going to happen this postseason. Follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 and I am at Drew Butler 13 We're going to break down everything that happened throughout this past weekend's action and, of course, give you the top punters of week nine that of course being from the Ray Guy Award and the top quarterbacks of week nine from the Davy O'Brien Award. Aaron let's get right into it you had a huge weekend you got inducted into the Georgia Florida Hall of Fame and Georgia beat Florida that's right the number seven Georgia Bulldogs beat the number nine Florida Gators by a score of 36 to 17. Tell us quickly about how your weekend was then let's break down exactly what happened on the field
0: man it was a it was an awesome 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 weekend and, and they made it really special so we had the opportunity to have a little luncheon on Friday so the induction happened it was myself um, and boss Bailey so watching those highlights holy smokes I mean he's <laughs> yeah, unbelievable right yeah, that, that vertical is incredible uh, Percy Harvin went in Florida so it was it was a great group of guys uh, that got inducted so that was a lot of fun and, and I'm, I'm I'll, I'll be mad enough to say it drew Your boy cried up there. (laughs) Well, you did? I cried.
1: Yes. Just emotion? I got a little little uh, emotional. What happened? What did you get overcome with?
0: Just listen. You know, it's an unbelievable game. You know, it's anytime you start talking about family for me, holy smokes. I looked at my table and then like my family was a little teary eyed. and I could see them. I was like, don't look at my family. Whatever you do. As soon as I looked at them, I was like, oh, it's it's downhill from here. So it went really well, though. Little tears. I even had some Gators crying in the crowd, Drew. You know, bring the bring it, Give the people what they want. Everyone wants yeah. a little cry. I give them a little cry.
1: You know, I'm not gonna lie. I had a friend who was in the crowd, and he had texted me, and he said Murray just gave an awesome speech, but he cried. And I said, Well, you know, that's. I, I said, I know he's, Murray, he's, and I'm glad he gave the a gentle good speech. One. Yeah, my boy Chris Seeley, who's, who's, a, who's a Gator fan, he was there, and he texted me, but he said you did a really good job. So congratulations, man. Oh, it's understandable. Uh, guess, family, yeah. family means everything.
0: It does. So we we it was fun. That was part was fun. And then on Saturday, got to do a little uh, college game day set, went up there, saw that. I mean, it was nuts. I've never been. Obviously, I've never been as a fan before. Yeah. That place is it, it's crazy. Holy smokes. Outside that stadium, there's just so much going on. And then I was really, really excited. And I was I was pretty much texting all my buddies about it. I text you. That I I got to go on barstool. I felt yeah, like yeah, that's sweet. You know, barstool sports. I felt I felt like the uh, the old man or the nerd <laughs> that all of a sudden got to be really cool for just ten minutes. I was but you like, you get to I'll do that you-
1: twice a week with me.
0: Yeah, I know, but yeah. You know, <laughs> no, that was really I felt, cool. I, I watched felt that. really. I felt like the cool kid. All How of did a sudden. that? sudden. Like, um, yes.
1: How'd that come about? Because Barstool Sports has their traveling college football show, and you went up there for like ten minutes. I thought I thought you did a really good job.
0: So I actually met, I don't know if you saw, obviously all the main guys are up there, but then they just hired, I think Casey Smith this year. Yes. Um. So I met her on the sidelines of a Georgia game either last year or two years ago. And I think this was before she was with Barstool. I forgot who she was with before, whether it's ESPN or Fox or whatever it may be. And so we exchanged numbers, just talking like, Hey, I am thinking about getting into broadcasting. I know you are, would love to pick your brand at some point and she she hit me up the other day like hey we'll be in town we would love to get you on the show i was like heck yes yeah that's awesome and it's funny cuz I, I so i asked the the city of jacksonville who was kind of hosting me through all these events throughout the day i was like can you can you can you give me a, a golf cart to get over there cuz there's no way i can walk there it's and so back in time out, yeah I, I would so spread out So they said, we would love to, but we, uh, we can't affiliate ourselves with Barstool. I mean, they are just so, they're so banned from everything. It just cracks me up. I mean, they were so far away from the stadium. Like no one that was like, what's wrong with them? There's nothing wrong, (laughs) Uh, but it, it was fun, man. It just, it was cracks me up that people are so scared of those guys and. Uh, the shenanigans that occur when when anything, if they're in, if they're in, in your city.
1: I thought um, I thought after you did so well on the Barstool College Football Show, I thought Punt and Pass was going to get um, bought out by Barstool. I thought we were going to be presented by Barstool Sports, but
0: maybe next we can make time. it happen.
1: There you we go. Can make it happen. We should. We should definitely make that happen. We should happen.
0: just get one big show, you and me and the Barstool guys.
1: That would be genius. That would be absolutely genius. Also... Um, Yeah, I thought you did a really, really good job. Congratulations on getting inducted. I was down there for a golf tournament, Danny Warfel's Desire Cup, and uh, Georgia lost to Florida, but Florida had like a bunch of professional golfers on their team funny desire was that? so pissed yeah, about that absolutely i, mean, I saw zyre on
0: the sideline he said what the hell i was like yeah, i was like yeah you need me out there he said no no, no we need you for fellowship we need professionals <laughs> for the golfing yeah, like, that's very true it, the,
1: the best part about that tournament is the team that's won the golf tournament the football team opposite has won the game so that's fine they can win it every year and georgia will take care of business on the field but they did a great. Uh, Great job raising money and awareness For Danny Warfel's Desire Street Ministry So just an awesome weekend in Jacksonville Really, really cool Even better um, for us especially, Georgia beat Florida, Aaron, 36-17. to A little bit slow start to the first half. Come out of halftime, Florida scores, runs right down the field after a pretty decent kickoff return. And then from then on out, Georgia just absolutely took over. It was kind of a glimpse of what we saw last year with Georgia. Um, running the football, converting on third downs, scoring when they needed to score, and then pulling away late. Dogs get a big, big victory, 36-17. to
0: My two keys to this game were going to be yards per carry and turnovers. And obviously, yep. you look at the football game right now, or look at the, go looking back at the football game, and, and what won the game was the turnovers, really. And, and obviously, Georgia's ability to run the football. DeAndre Swift was what at 8.7 yards. I think Georgia was at 4.6 as a team. Florida was right at 4, 4, 4.6. But so both teams run the, ran the ball well. I thought Florida at times, especially early in that football game, were able to move the ball it it was the turnovers. Yeah. It was, it was the interception. It was the fumbles. If you give an offense like Georgia short field and, and then also just to stay on the football field too, and, and keep Florida off of it, keep Florida's defense on the field. And you saw that team start to wear out in the second half. But the most impressive thing I thought was, was from, and, and I think we all now see the direction. They made a decision. Yes. And it's, it, yes. it's, I think the team was behind it. The players behind it from looked more comfortable he threw the ball extremely well. I mean, from that first touchdown, which was, it was awesome. I mean, that was, I don't know if people watching the game could really tell, but it was supposed to be cover two. The safety was kind of messing around a little bit and did not get back into a spot. And I don't even think it mattered because he threw an absolute pearl in the back of the end zone for the touchdown. And then even that last touchdown, the, the corner route, was yeah. an absolute dime. So he had a heck of a football game. I thought he was in complete command the entire time. And, and like I said, the big thing was the goose egg in the turnover column. And you look at Florida, Felipe Franks, man, it's just, I mean, he had that some good throws and then he had the interception, which I, I don't think he saw the Georgia defender maybe. Uh, and then obviously the fumble was just awful. You have to understand in that situation, you're just trying to get two yards, three yards, get out of your own end zone. But most importantly, just put two hands on the ball. You're not a running back. That's not your game. Two hands protected. Like I said, fall forward with your six six frame, and and that was a big big turning point because even though Georgia didn't capitalize in it, and people were like, man, what what happened with that seven, you know that that seven possess or seven uh, Play, attempts to score? Stand,
1: yeah.
0: You know they they ate up clock though. I mean they ate up so yeah, much that's clock a good way to right look at there. It which I, I think is just as good as maybe putting seven points on it. No, there's no question.
1: And you mentioned that goal line stand that Georgia was uh, the non-factor in. They, they did it. ate up a ton of clock. They held on to the football, and then they put points on the board. That's fine, man. I know they wanted the seven, but look, you'll take the three. Rodrigo Blankenship had three field goals, 21 yards, 22 yards, and 18 yards. I mean, those are Essentially, specs, specs, baby. yeah, those are essentially extra points. So Georgia got nine points. They probably wanted 21 points. They dominated this football game. I thought the biggest turning point, Aaron, was the uh, 52nd dry right before halftime. Isaac Nauta, four straight catches, gets him all the way down the field. And again, they get three points on the board. If you score before halftime, you have a much, much better chance of winning the game at the end.
0: Well, what about you actually utilizing him finally? Yeah, I mean, I mean he literally, he, he's a beast out there. He looks great. He's looked great this season. And finally, they—they they, a tight end is a quarterback's best friend. Those matchups with the linebackers, those matchups yes. with the safeties, are it, it, it's awesome. And he's so athletic that it's good to finally see him. I was begging for it all last year. I was like, man, you got a freshman quarterback. You got a good receiving tight end you need to use him more because those throws are just so easy when you can get those matchups and hopefully going forward, we'll see more and more of nada out there. Um, but let's talk about Florida a little bit and Dan Mullen. I yeah. mean, goodness, they They obviously way ahead of schedule, way ahead of schedule for sure. I mean, it's to, to be in that game for pretty much first three quarters. They yeah. were in it. They had an opportunity to win that game um, or at least make it pretty close. I was hoping for, you know, just to cover the spread, you know, me, just so, <laughs> just so you can't talk crap over there. Um, but I, I do think Florida is way ahead of schedule right now going forward. Um, I still think this team is at six and two. I think they're they're They have a chance to be they have a chance to be nine and three, ten and two this season. They really and I do. think that's a great year Huge one for Dan Mullen. So got to be happy for him. And then. Got a CC Rob on the sideline, so I was pretty happy. That's awesome. The one thing they could tip their hat on is that goal line stand, though.
1: Yeah, that was uh, really good. I mean, Florida's defensive line, everybody knew going into the game that that was one of their strengths. I said, Aaron, my two keys to the game were who was going to get into third and manageable, right? And Georgia, at the beginning of the game, did not do a very good job of that. I mean, they were behind the sticks a lot. And then I said they have to put the football game into Felipe Franks' hands. Georgia's defense is good enough, especially on the back end, to make a lesser quarterback like Felipe Franks. I know he's got good mm-hmm. statistics this year, but in that situation, he is not battle-tested like that. And Georgia did that. Look, they've Florida turned the ball over three times and most importantly I thought you saw the resiliency and the discipline of the Georgia team from last year when Florida scored and punched Georgia in the mouth Georgia was disciplined they didn't turn the ball over they didn't try anything that they did not think they were going to be successful at they drove down the field and answered and then the last point you mentioned it at the very beginning when you started talking about this game Kirby Smart has been saying all season long that there was no plan between Justin Fields and Jake Fromm. He would say, the plan is there is no plan. Well, Friday night, Justin Fields tweets out some cryptic message and says, you know, only control what you can control. And then Saturday during the game, boom, Justin Fields, excuse me, Jake Fromm on the field the entire time, command, um, consistency. He did a fantastic job. It was obvious that they told Justin that he was not going to play, barring an injury or something like that. And finally, there was a plan, and the plan was executed, and it looked great. So I'll be wondering if they continue to do that moving forward. They've got a huge game next week. They got to go to Lexington against the number 11 ranked Kentucky Wildcats, and it's for the SEC East. So we're going to break it down big time. Um, Tennessee volunteer fans love you, Aaron. I am public enemy number one in Lexington Kentucky right now and I you can't are wait. just
0: you're an I animal wait. I need to look at those comments still. oh um, wow people from our little post last week
1: people are so mean but it's no okay. no, no no no
0: I'm, I'm public number enemy <laughs> for uh for Tennessee and UCF That's I mean UCF right. fans just hate me That's I don't right. know why just because I said you get whopped oh. by Alabama I'll say that about most teams who get smoked by Alabama oh it's so funny it's great but I yes. like UCF just in case any UCF fans are listening I like UCF I've, I have covered them twice last year. They're a good football team. Well,
1: I won't hide anything. I like anything. McKenzie Milton. I don't like Kentucky, and we'll break down their whatever you want to call it against Missouri. But let's go through a couple more games here, Aaron. I don't even think we need to say much about this. Number two, Clemson absolutely throttled Florida State 59-10. to 10. This game was not even close. It was the most points Clemson has ever scored against Florida State. First thought,
0: quarter was close, though. It yeah. was 0-0. Yeah, In the first quarter, I it was like, was. okay, we were watching this game. In this little tailgating area before the Florida Georgia game, I was like, "Holy smokes, this could be interesting." Florida's defense is playing well. It's at home. They look like they got some energy, and then all of a sudden, Clemson explodes. Oh my god! For a twenty-eight point second half, and you're like, "Holy smokes!" There's that. Uh, there's Trevor Lawrence, four touchdowns, 314 yards. Uh, that's it. ACC's over. They may as yeah. well just put them in the uh, put them in the in the in the, the final four for the, the season. It,
1: it's absolutely unbelievable. They crushed Florida State. Florida State. You know they're still going to play Notre Dame. So maybe, maybe they could get one victory. Maybe to you're save. hoping for it. I know you're but,
0: just hoping for it. Gosh. You know what? They,
1: uh, we're going to talk about Notre Dame in a second, but they got to go to Northwestern next week. That's a game that could get really interesting. But Florida for State. Who? Everybody. For was, Notre Dame.
0: Yeah. You said that every week about uh, Notre Dame. Okay, no. and I've got every four more single week. You're like, it, this, gonna is gonna gonna <laughs> this is going to be interesting. This is
1: going to be every damn week. I've got four week. more weeks to say it. I can't wait. I'm looking at the schedule right now. But we all and then thought Florida you're State. to say,
0: "Oh, I predicted this." It's your 10th
1: time. That's my. Uh, that's my Such a that's hater my on Notre Dame. Um, you're such a hater. Everybody thought Florida State was playing better. Um, not exactly. Okay. Notre Dame goes to San Diego and they beat Navy the triple option, 44 to 22. This one was never close at all. I thought Notre Dame might have a little bit of a struggle stopping the triple option, especially in a neutral stadium, but they had the week off beforehand. Ian Book continues to play well. They go to Northwestern next week. Now, you gotta think, Chicago is essentially a Notre Dame town, but Northwestern right up north in Evanston. This is a night game too. This is gonna be interesting. I like that. Northwestern smoked Wisconsin. They absolutely throttled Wisconsin this past week too, so... Got to so we'll love,
0: love what Notre Dame did, though. I mean, my question is, we talk about MVPs, we talk about Heisman's most important guy to a football team. Ian booked this yeah, season.
1: Good, that's a great point. I
0: mean, Ian booked this. Does he, obviously, if, if Notre Dame's undefeated and they're rolling, I mean, obviously, they have the brand. Notre Dame's brand is through the roof. Does he somehow sneak his way,
1: so, I don't uh, think, into the
0: conversation of winning, but just getting to New York? Because... I I I, I'm in the belief that if Win Bush was the starting quarterback this entire year, Notre Dame would not be undefeated. I mean, when they made that change, this Notre Dame team, their identity was completely changed. So it'll be interesting because he's playing well. I mean, yes, he may have had one game that wasn't elite or really good, but for the majority of the season, he has looked like a guy that could possibly sneak his way into New York. So I think that's something that we got to keep our eye on, especially because they're going to continue to be on national TV People are going to watch him every single week because people are just like you. They want them to lose for some reason. (laughs) So they're going to be tuning in. So he's going to get a lot of eyes on him. And if he continues to play at an elite level, like I said, he may sneak his way into that conversation of being a – you know, maybe number three or number four in the Heisman ballot. No,
1: you're totally right. I mean, if you had to pick four guys to go to New York right now, I think you obviously go to of vailoa Then you probably go Kyler Murray. And then Ian Book Justin is right Herbert's there. Justin Herbert's out. Justin oh, Herbert's out. He's out. I mean, Oregon got smoked 44-15 to 15 by Arizona. Herbert is out. I mean, I would God. be wondering if he's even considering still to come back next year because— that's not a good look. Not no. a good look at well, all. Hey, you, but-
0: you know who might jump into is the mustache.
1: Oh yeah, Minshew. Gardner Minshew. I yeah. mean,
0: they keep winning too. Absolutely. I mean, that, they, the Heisman winners are made end of October and in through November. I mean, you start getting to the meteor your season. You're a top team. You're on TV every single week. That's when people start to really pay attention to those guys who sneak their way into there. So, I mean. Ah, Dwayne Haskins, I don't know. I mean, I would take, I would put Ian Book right now over Dwayne Haskins for what he's done for that football team.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You just said it, man. Heisman finalists and Heisman winners—they are crowned late October through November. We mentioned Jake Fromm's great game. Oklahoma State had a huge win over number six Texas this week, and Taylor Cornelius, their quarterback, had a great game. You mentioned your boy, the mustache Gardner Minshew. I wonder if these guys got onto the Davey O'Brien Week 9 Great 8 list. And, Aaron, you have it right in front of you, so please tell me who the best quarterbacks of Week
0: 9 were. Yeah, how about uh, Derek King from Houston? Five touchdowns, or actually seven total touchdowns. He had Jeez. two on the ground, and that was a big win over UC- USF. They won fifty-seven 47- thirty-six. 36 uh, Taylor Cornelius, you just brought him up from, from Oklahoma State. Three touchdowns throwing, two touchdowns running. I mean, all these you know, dual-threat quarterbacks makes me remind me Reminds me of me back in the day. That's right. In, uh, in middle school. Uh, Jake Fromm, great day. Awesome, How about that? awesome day had Well, he had a, he, he, he bought one bad day, and everyone wants to crucify I know. the kid. Welcome Holy to smokes. Yeah, seriously. Three touchdowns, no picks, had an unbelievable game. Kyler Murray, once again, doing Kyler Murray things. Four total touchdowns, and a win over Kansas State. Gardner Minshew, I mean, a little scary game for those guys. We're down for the majority of it, but yeah, they were. With, with that kind of offense and what they can do and score fast, 40 of 50, 50 <laughs> throws, 436, three touchdowns. I mean, his stats were through the roof. Eric Dungy, Syracuse, big win over NC State, big, big win over NC State. A lot of questions uh, swirling around him. He came out there, had four touchdowns total. And then Nick Fitzgerald, Mississippi State, four total touchdowns. Kind of maybe got some breather room after this week, after the big win. Uh, In my opinion, upset versus Texas A&M.
1: Absolutely. I think Jordan Love from Utah State was on there too, Aaron. He was 23 at 34. 448 yards, four touchdowns, and then
0: another touchdown on the ground. Utah State's just killing it in the Mountain West. Yeah, you're going to go cover those soon, aren't you? I don't know if I have any Utah State games. I, I, I I got some UNLV games left. I got some Boise State games. I got Fresno, San Diego State. Gotcha. So... No Utah State, though, but they they may be the best team in the Mountain West right now.
1: No, there's no question. Congratulations to all those guys on the Davey O'Brien Award. Week 9, great 8 list. Check back on Thursday. Aaron will be sure to tell you who the quarterback of the week is from Week 9. I'm going to tell you who the Ray Guy Award, Rays 8, R from Week 9, and we're going to start with Bailey Flint from Toledo. He had four punts for a 45.25 gross and net average, zero return yards, two punts inside the 20 with a long of 50. Dominic Panazzolo from Texas Tech, seven punts for a 43.1 yard gross and net. Again, no return yards. Out of those seven punts, six of them inside the 20 with a long of 56. That's a pretty efficient day. Jack Fox from Rice, seven punts. 47.3 yard gross and net average. Gross means that's how far you kick the ball. Net means that's how far you kick the ball with the return added. When you do it the same way, that means there was no return. Jack Fox, 47.3 yard gross and net. Seven punts total, five inside the 20 with a long of 76 yards. Wow. Joe Shopper from Purdue, four punts, 47.5 yard gross and net average. Again, no returns with a long a 74, my goodness. Matt farens from Northern Illinois. Nine punts for a 46.7-yard average, a 43.5-yard net average. Out of those nine punts, three inside the 20 with a long of 56. How about Parker Tomey from Vanderbilt? Four punts, 46.25 gross in net average, two inside the 20, a long of 60. Quentin Conaway from Nevada, nine punts, 51 Point 1 yard gross average 48.4 yard net average four inside the 20 a long of 68 yards and rounding out the list this week Aaron Tyler Sumter from Troy three punts for a 45.6 yard gross and net average with a long of 50 yards so congratulations to raise eight from week nine and we will tell you I will specifically tell you who the punter of the week is on Thursday all right Rounding out exactly what else happened, throughout week nine, Kentucky. They beat Missouri. Ooh. Kentucky's ranked number 12. They go to Missouri, and they are losing the entire game. The entire game. Missouri's red zone offense is horrible, but that's besides the point right now. They were up 14-3, to three, I believe, inside. Three minutes left in the game. They kick a punt. Kentucky returns it for a touchdown and they go for two. They don't get it. It's 14 to 9. And then they give the ball back to Kentucky and the officials. Holy smokes, Aaron. I don't know if you saw it. You, you of this don't game, agree
0: with you don't agree with the call, the, the PI in the end zone? Are you kidding me? They ran I know, I know, into each that, other.
1: I thought that was one yeah, of the worst was calls I've ever was,
0: seen. No, I don't Honestly, think it was awful. Dude. I think I could have I could have seen it as a no call and I would have been fine with it as a pound, either way. Okay, I think there's a lot of a lot of contact. I know it was initiated by both players, but still a lot of a, hand jabbing, grabbing. It's a no
1: call. It, that, that decided. That's the what I'm saying. It could game. have been
0: a no call, but I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it being a call, too. Okay, but. Uh, there was enough contact to, to, to warrant a penalty.
1: I, I thought I thought for sure though because the DB just sat on the goal line right he's sitting there waiting you never really want to retreat back into the end zone and that receiver just ran into him and blasted him I mean they're both mauling each other and then let's not forget the most important part Terry Wilson threw the ball like three yards out of bounds
0: well that that was the bigger thing for me it wasn't the I thought it was uncatchable yes, so I think it that, was that, it was I think I think it's it's I, when I watched, I'm like okay I can see the penalty but then I can also see like I would call it uncatchable. I would say that, that there's no chance. I know it's a big receiver on the outside, but I thought the ball was way overthrown, and there would have been no chance anyway. So Kentucky well, it squeaked it out, though. I mean, shoot, oh it's, it makes for an interesting week now. It does I make mean, for an interesting an week. It for an interesting week because no matter how bad they're playing, they have shown glimpse of playing really, 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 really well this season. So –
1: See that's, where I have we'll a, see, that's where I have an issue because I don't think I've seen them play really, really well this season. I thought they right?
0: played really well versus, versus I mean, obviously it was Florida early in the season. Florida was not playing well uh week two, but I thought versus Florida they played extremely well, and then versus Mississippi State, they beat Mississippi State 28 to 7. Okay, and then so South Carolina 24 to 10. I mean 20, South played. Carolina turned the ball over like ten times that game. I'm still saying yeah, but. That's because of defense. I mean, you have to give defense credit, too. I mean, people – we even talked about Florida this week. Oh, they didn't give up three turnovers. Well, that's a really good defensive players making that happen. I mean, that's a great defensive player stripping the ball out. That's a great defender uh, stripping it out twice and then getting the interception, putting themselves – to give themselves the opportunity to make turnovers. So you got to give defense credit, too, for those kind of plays. So I I think for me, they've shown the ability that they can make this game interesting at home – I think it sh- they should be riled up. Um, so we'll see. I mean, obviously, Georgia's a better football team. I think everyone can agree on that. So we'll wait to really break it down later in the week. But this game means a lot. They're
1: 7-1. They are. They're seven and 7-1. and This is for the SEC East title, for a berth into the SEC championship game. But you can't ignore where Kentucky is trending right now. They lost to Texas A&M. They didn't even have an offensive play past the 50 50- yard line. They go play Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is not a good football team and they needed all four quarters to win 14 to 7. They only had Benny Stone only had 60 rushing yards against Vanderbilt. And now it takes a miracle for them to come back with huge help from officials to beat Missouri who hasn't won a game in the SEC. I'm just not buying it. I believe the early line is Georgia's a 12 point favorite Um, and I think that's about right. I mean, Georgia is a better football team. If they play resilient and disciplined, it should be no problem whatsoever for the Bulldogs, but probably the biggest home game in Kentucky football history. Actually, no doubt, it's the biggest home game in Kentucky football history, so we will continue to see how this storyline plays out throughout the week. That will be a big one, another big one coming up this weekend, Aaron. LSU and Alabama, Alabama's traveling to Baton Rouge. I believe the line was 14 and a half i don't think you can make this line high enough alabama is a 14 and a half point favorite over a top five team top five ranked team on the road i mean that is crazy that's crazy but you can't make this line high enough
0: no well nick saban with an extra week of preparation and uh we'll see it, it, the key to this game we'll say it right now joe burrow yeah. joe burrow yeah, you're right Take care of the football and can Joe Burrow make some kind of plays to uh one, just keep Alabama's offense off the field. I think that's gonna be the key. I mean, he needs to get first down just to give his defense a break because I think they're I think defensively they 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 have a chance. It's gonna be loud, man. It is gonna be absolutely nuts there. Oh so, yeah, that'll be great. We'll what see. A,
1: what a what a double header for CBS. Georgia, Kentucky to decide the SEC East. I know I'm about to call my
0: bosses at, at CBS <laughs> and be like, hey, uh yeah, you want to give your boy that, that first game, the first game of the doubleheader? I mean, what's go. going on here? Yeah,
1: they got to put you up on the number two team. What's the deal, dude? What I is don't the know. Deal? You
0: need to Gosh, send them darn. the
1: tapes from punt and pass and just let them know. I'm
0: ready. I'm seasoned. Let's go. Let's go. I'm, I'm seasoned. I'm a year and a half in now. But no, I'll be going to Vegas. Going to Vegas. Go lose some money on the tables. There you go. There you go. Yeah,
1: huge weekend coming up in the SEC. Around the uh, nation, though, wrapping up Aaron. Penn State beat Iowa. Thirty to twenty four. And the funny thing about that is we both picked Iowa plus six and a half. They of course lost by six. So yeah, you Nate I Stanley. I mean, what
0: game. what's going on, Nate Stanley? That was terrible. We talk about hot hand. Well, he had the uh he, he had like a frozen block of ice on his hand this game. <laughs> yeah, What was, not what was he eighteen to forty nine with two picks? I'm like, what? That's typical <laughs> what's Iowa on quarterback
1: here? play. Um Oregon <sighs> got blasted. We already mentioned that. Texas AM lost to Mississippi State. You and I both picked that game wrong. Texas A M was a Two and a half point favorite and uh or I believe they were two and a half point underdog, excuse me. We both took the points and Mississippi State crushed them. So Vegas was right there. You went four, three, and one this past weekend. I went Heck five, yeah. two, and one. So Dang we're continuing it. to keep it going. All right, huge week ahead. I'm excited for Thursday's punt and pass. I know I keep saying this, but we're gonna get a guest on it. We need to break down everything that's happening. Throughout this weekend and a huge week for the SEC, we'll continue to keep you locked in right here on Punt and Pass to get you ready. Anything on the way out?
0: No, another fun week. I mean, a lot of big games are going to decide one the, the SEC West and the SEC East. If they're going to be decided this weekend, so I, I think a lot of people are excited. A lot of juices are flowing, and uh, I'm I'm ready to go.
1: I can see it now. Punt and Pass live from restaurants, bars, breweries. We are going to be ready to kick off a huge week in it's Atlanta, november baby for the it's sec november. championship so it's happening aaron i appreciate you man congrats again on going into the georgia florida hall of fame and for everybody be sure to keep it locked in follow us on social media at punt and pass aaron is at aaron murray 11 i am at drew butler 13 we will talk to you on thursday see you